You're always good enough. That's the thing. Everyone is always good enough. We're always trying to get to the next level, get the promotion, make more money, do better. But it's not, you don't have to do all of those things. Why can't we just be happy with where we're at now? This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. I mean, we might disagree on this, but when you start something, a podcast, doing YouTube or I always give those two examples. I hate that I only have those two examples. But when you start something, should you spend a lot of money up front and go all in with nice equipment or should you ease your way into it, buy the cheapest thing you can first, see if you like it, and then keep upgrading along the way? Okay, so let's put it into jujitsu perspective. Say you had the choice of a really expensive gi or a mediocre, you know, middle of the road price point or a really cheap one and you're just starting out jujitsu, which would you choose? Probably the mediocre. Yeah. Middle of the road I think is safest. Or honestly the cheaper one, but I, I kind of feel like you don't need to spend that much money up front, especially when you're just trying something. If it's a if it's a new hobby, a new thing for you. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess there's not a lot of things that you can test beforehand. I know. it's Everything's about reviews right now. And even I don't review as much as I should, I feel like. There was somebody who was just talking to me about something. Oh, a Lululemon product. They were like, oh, the reviews on the sweatshirt. She was returning the sweatshirt. And she was like, the reviews on the sweatshirt say that it, it just gets stained so easily. And I was looking at her like, okay, so you're returning it? <laughs> <laughs> because it may get stained in the future, whatever. Um, but yeah, she looked at the reviews after she had already purchased it. I don't know. I just so think she didn't even try it herself. I guess I I guess not. I don't she, know. She just looked at other yeah. people and was like, yeah. "Oh, that yeah, that's not gonna work, huh?" That's interesting. I do try to read the reviews for stuff that. I mean, if I'm really going to put a lot of money into something, I will read the reviews. One thing I do is I always go to the zero-star reviews. I never really read the five-star because if you're buying something, you want it to be five stars all the time. But I like to look at those zero stars or the one star, whatever the lowest is, and see what people say about it. I know, but sometimes they might just be pissed off people that like, oh, the UPS guy kicked my package and broke the thing. Zero stars. But like, they don't realize that they're giving zero stars for the actual product, not the delivery service. Yeah, or if it says not delivered on time or something. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you got you to gotta do your research. I don't know, though, but... I think if you're if you really want to stick with something like you brought up jujitsu, if you're going to be really good at jujitsu, you're going to need to do it for five, ten years. So maybe buying the most expensive gi that's the nicest is good because then you feel like you have that commitment. It's kind of like when people first start getting into working out, they have to buy the clothes. I hear a yeah. lot of people say they need workout clothes before they can actually start working out. Yeah. 
so do you think you should just go right to lululemon stuff or buy old no. navy and buy no, cheap stuff? buy the old navy stuff <laughs> i think it's ridiculous for people to spend like a crazy amount of money on stuff where they haven't even given the hobby a shot yet i i just that's my opinion um as far as jujitsu, you know what's annoying to me, and I don't even do jujitsu. I can't believe that you have to go and buy another gi if you if we move and you have to go to another jujitsu place. Yeah, it's very clicky. I wish it wasn't like that. I think it's more because people want their school to always be the best. So if you go into another school, you you're almost a representation of wherever you came from. So, and a lot of people say, like, they'll try to go harder on you if you come from a different school just so they can be like, oh, our school's better. See, mm. see if you're... That's th- scary. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> so maybe, like, if I, when I do start dropping into other gyms, like, I'll go in and say, hey, I come in peace. Like, I suck at this. You don't have to kick my ass. Like, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I understand you're Or lie about how long you've been doing it. <laughs> just like, I just started it, like, four weeks ago. Like, let, go easy on me. Somebody did ask me that, how long I've been doing it, and I was embarrassed to say. I was like, I don't know, a couple months, even though I've been doing it for five or six months. Like that's, that's a couple months. I don't know. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want him to. And it's so stupid. But I didn't want him to think that I was bad because I've been doing it for. If he was doing it for three months and I've been doing it for six, maybe he'd be like, Oh, look, at, he's been doing it for six and he sucks. <laughs> oh my god it's all what's the phrase it's all relative yeah you know i feel like i do learn a ton just about life in there a lot of ego like every single time i go in there it's in it's a huge ego check Mm -hmm. do you think other people get the ego checks too i think naturally you're going to because and essentially anybody who's more experienced than you is going to beat you Unless you're going against me and you're less experienced. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. You've gotten a lot better. Yeah, but no, I think, I don't think it's something that people stick with if they do want to do it to beat people up or they want to do it to prove to themselves that they're really tough. Just because, I mean, if you roll with a black belt or brown belt, they're just going to kick your ass Mm -hmm. no matter what. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good thing to have... I mean, something that at least checks your ego all the time. Do you have anything you feel like that? that I, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, this is going to be awkward silence for me. Um, I don't know. I, that's very much putting me on the spot. I'm sure there are things, and I'm sure I can think of them when I can properly think. Okay. Weightlifting. <laughs> I mean, weightlifting is a sport that it constantly, I mean, it's like, you look at other people all the time and social media, everyone's always posting their best lifts. Yeah. So you're like, why, why aren't I at that level? Yeah. I think a lot of people with weightlifting, it's like a lot of people who come in that are new, they're like, Oh, everybody's like moving pretty well. I can, I can do that. You just pick the bar up and put it over your head, but it's so much harder than that. And they don't realize that we've been working at this for like a long time. So I think like I've seen new people come in and get frustrated over a couple of weeks or even a couple of months of trying and, and practicing and training. And it's like they're just frustrated because they don't look like so-and-so or they're not, you know, they're not lifting 
well or they're not PRing or they're not adding a ton of weight, you know, but that's, I think that's an ego check because you're not going to be good at it. It's, you're not supposed to be good at it. You're supposed to suck at it for a little while. You're supposed to train and train and work at it and practice and practice and get better. So, but it's hard. It's, I think everything is hard until you work at it and then learn that, you know, learn the right way to do it and learn the better way to do it and learn what not to do. I kind of talked about it with Sierra last week a little bit. And I do like to do these podcasts once in a while because it's nice to reflect. When I have a guest on, I try so hard to make sure that they get their story out. So sometimes I want to really dive deep into a topic and then I'm like, oh, I it doesn't really fit here. Mm. But when I was thinking about, um, you know, being involved in weightlifting for the last four years, I think we're both right around the four year mark, but I've learned more about myself as an athlete and as a weightlifter in the last year than yeah. I have in the first three. I agree. But if you don't make it this far, then you're never going to learn those lessons. True. So if you if you are in that six month or a year or two year process and you're getting really frustrated, that's the time that you have to just stay with it. Yeah, just keep putting in the work. Yeah. I mean... I think the biggest thing for me, I don't know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but the biggest thing for me is like, you know, managing stress at meets. I'm just learning what works the best for me going into a meet, music, warm up attempts, how I need to prepare, how I need to feel going in. Sometimes, you know, you don't have the best training cycle. And I think that's something where people, I mean, the more higher level, weightlifters that I talk to usually their training cycles suck going into meets I've heard that story over and over again the people who do the best usually have the worst training cycles leading mm. up to it yeah they're just like beat up yeah beat up missing lifts not PRing I mean and sometimes it's a flip side like people are just doing great yeah it just depends on the person yeah I mean both of us I feel like we've been able to manage expectations a little bit better you go into the gym something hurts it's like hey no problem hurts today we'll come back tomorrow see how it feels yeah just brush it off more than i used to yeah i think i mean that's kind of ego too like you can push you can push through it hurt yourself worse or you can just say hey i don't really have it today mm -hmm. see where it's at tomorrow i think that's good well, cheers. Claws up. <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> For the listeners out there, I'm just having water. Dana's having a white claw. Is this judgment? No. What uh, flavor do you have? Mango. Mango, mango. mango. <laughs> I've never, I just, I wish I was into beer. I know so many people it's who not are a beer. in seltzer. Yeah. But I, I do wish I was into beer. I know a lot of people that really love it and love hanging out with people and just having beers trying different stuff and yeah. i'm like i just don't like it you don't have to i know you must like it to some extent though because you get a beer every now and then yeah i like the, the lightest wheats. lightest weedest beer they have lowest percentage i was a little buzzed not lightest night. sweetest lightest weedest yeah, you said weedest <laughs> the weedier beers last night i almost fell out of my chair that beer was 4.5 <laughs> percent 
It's okay that you don't drink. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of wish I had, like, the social aspect of it, but I don't know. I don't know. I still feel like you're totally able to go out and enjoy company and not drink. Like, that took me a long time to do because mm-hmm. I would, you you know, if you're going out, you're definitely drinking. If I'm going out, I'm drinking. I'm getting drunk. I'm having lots of lots of alcohol. But over the years, it just didn't appeal to me as much. So it just dwindled. I still like beer. I still really enjoy a good boozy beer. But I just don't have them that much. Maybe it's better that way. Like the oh for sure I yes a hundred percent I mean if I was having these every week first of all it loses its, its excitement of having one and second of all I was a lot fluffier when I <laughs> had those boozy beers so do you think when you drink alcohol though like you said you were a lot fluffier do you think alcohol leads to weight gain or do you think it's the choices that you make when you have a couple of those beers both for sure both. The thing with the White Claw, though, I was interested. There's only two carbs in it, and it's 100 calories. I know. I know. I was. I actually tried looking at the um, ingredients yesterday. Was it yesterday that you brought that up or two days ago? Yeah. I don't know. I was looking at that, too, because it's two carbs and two sugar. So I'm imagining they're counting that as four total, but that's still 16 calories. I do not know where they're getting a hundred I would I have to look into that yeah how do you um how do you talk to clients about alcohol do you ever yeah I mean yeah we do bring it up and we talk about it especially if it's something that's on their menu weekly but we just I don't know I I don't talk too much about I don't tell them not to drink. I don't tell them to, hey, it looks like you should cut back. You know, it's it's trying to build their habits up in their healthier lifestyle around, like outside of the alcohol. And then I do hope that the alcohol then in turn like slows down because they're feeling so good elsewhere. But I mean, I bring it up. I bring it up. It depends on the person, but I bring it up, you know, when it needs to come up. You're rereading Atomic Habits. How's that been? Yeah, I like it. I wish I would be reading it a little bit faster, but um, there, it's just life is busy right now. So it's a great book. I recommended it to one of my clients. She's actually She ordered it the other day. So I would recommend it to anybody. It's a great book. I put that one in the show notes, I think, the last couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean habits I've been that's something I've been so back and forth with I used to be the most routine oriented person I feel like you're still in this all or nothing mentality like you're either all in on your on your routine or if something slips up it's like oh everything's out the window I can't I can't do anything you know the rest of the day is just it's gone do you feel it do you feel that way I have a hard time I mean staying on track when I get off track so if one thing is off yeah I mean I totally agree with what you're saying like I mean it's always the I think we should always be chasing the next best thing so if you can't do this like make the next best choice if you're out at a restaurant and sometimes like we're all for 
you know, going out, having a cheeseburger, having fries, having a beer. But if you're on a work trip, you're away for three, four days. You can't do that every single day. Yeah, I mean, you can. We got to watch what we say, right? We got to watch the words that we choose. But you can. It's will you feel your best? It's is that going to help you get closer to your goals, whatever those goals are? You know, not everybody has a weight loss goal. Not everybody has a muscle gaining goal or a or a fitness goal. You know, I think a lot of your listeners do. I think a lot of them have, you know, part of their lifestyle is fitness, nutrition, healthy lifestyle or healthy habits or whatever. But, you know, there are people out there that travel for work for three or four days and they do eat out for every single meal. And you and I might think that's crazy and that's a lot of processed food or sodium or fat or, you know, anything like that. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't care as much as we care. I mean, I've had a hard time since finishing up baseball. Where is being competitive a good thing and where is it not? I think a lot of people really struggle with that. Like you you always have something to train for and then you don't. I mean, I can train for weightlifting and I do. I train to be competitive in that, but it really doesn't matter how I do. The results, I mean, I'm just not going to be, unless I put in six days a week, two, three hours a day, I'm just not going to be at the top level that people are at. Right. And I mean, accepting that you're not willing to do that. I think that was a turning point for me. Like after talking to Jordan, after talking to Jake, I was like, wow, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do what you guys do. I'm so glad that you had that revelation. But for a long time, I did train like that. I did try the two-a-days. I did try, you know. I know, but how often were you getting hurt? All the time. I know. It's just like it's some things are maybe worth it if you have a shot at the Olympics or if you have a shot at meddling at nationals and, like, making this huge name for yourself and setting records or whatever. But, like... Is it worth it for you and I? But what about the people who are, you know, not at that level yet, but who get there? You know, there's a lot of people who are mid-level or who were mid-level at one point who did end up getting there. Yeah, but how old were they? (laughs) I mean, we got to be honest. Girlfriend's no spring chicken over here. You know, I'm not going to be like a top master's national athlete. I mean, Christy Brewer, who I think she's 41. She started weightlifting at 35 years old, and she's on world teams. She's won. What was she before a weightlifter? I think she did some sort of gymnastics or something. Yeah, there you something. go. There you go. <laughs> so it's not like she was a mom. She is. Yeah, stepped, she has no, three kids. Hold on. It's not like she was a mom just stay at home taking care of the kids and said, oh, what's this, a barbell? What do I do with this? I want to pick this up. And now she's like a champ. You know, unless I'm totally wrong. You could be. I would have to look in into her story. That'd be cool to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I know she has an autistic daughter as well. I think she has three kids. Started weightlifting at 35, which is crazy to think. I mean, you're... I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, crazy to you, but awesome for the 35-year-olds out there. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, for her... She could have had that expectation that, oh, it's not worth it for me to, you know, really train at this and try to get better at it because I'm already 35. I'm already a mom. I'm, 
I already have all these things on my plate. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can only answer, are your goals realistic to yourself? I think that's something that you have to sit with. And is it going to be worth it? Like, I mean, we always talk about journaling, but like really look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And I also think you have to pay close attention to like, if we're specifically talking about training in sports and stuff, it's like, you have to look at the ranks. You have to look at other people's training and what they're doing, what, what numbers they're putting up and are you capable and is it feasible for you to get to that level to be competitive with them? Yeah. So you're saying I'm not going to beat the guy who's snatching my clean and jerk. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe, but no, I, I don't know. I'm, it's just like a matter of what would make you feel good about doing that. Like, or what would be the, the goal in the feeling, not necessarily just the number goal, but like, what's the personal goal there? Well, it's hard to, I mean, you don't know what you're going to feel on the platform until you actually do it. Like if you hit a PR in the competition, you for some people that might feel great. And some people they might immediately think, I w wish I had done, I wish I did more. That's, I mean, I've always been kind of taught that. I think my dad taught me that to never be satisfied. Mm. And maybe I've held on to that a little bit too long like looking back at your progress and being like, wow, I did come a long way. Yeah. I think it, there's a, what did you just say about your dad? Like the, what was the phrase? Never being satisfied. Never being satisfied. I think there's a difference between never being satisfied though and also being proud of what you've already accomplished or overcome. Like maybe you overcame a, a extremely nerve wracking experience and maybe it wasn't your best performance on the field or on the platform or whatever it was, but Maybe you've, like, overcome something, and you should look back and be proud of that. So, I don't know. Are we going to talk about that stuff that we listed or no? Because I feel like all of this translates into, you know, some of those things about, like, keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with the people. But yeah, are we going that direction or no? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do think what a segue. <laughs> I know. I think I think people like this, like the the longer form conversation. I mean, that's what I'm into. I love when people are on podcasts and it's you can tell that it's not scripted. I mean, I've had you know, I'm always like every time I listen to somebody else's podcast, I'm like, what can I take away? What can I bring to mine? And sometimes it's like being more of yourself asking questions that people wouldn't normally answer yeah or wouldn't normally ask yeah um i think totally being more yourself everybody oh man this could be a topic in itself but i think everybody needs to be more themselves myself included yourself included like everybody needs to be more themselves because everybody right now is just a carbon copy. I literally drove through Westchester University yesterday on my way home from work and i saw Three sets of girls. Two were in those mom jeans with black shirts. Two were in mom jeans and like the off-white shirts. And two were in totally other matching outfits. It's like everybody's carbon copying. And there's just no – there's very little individuality and, and what makes people unique anymore. 
it's scary. It's scary to be yourself. Like I know. I think if you totally let your walls down and say this is me, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism. I know, but that's also the difference between you being more introverted and me being more extroverted. And it's like, I don't really care what people think of me. I'm not ever going to be the smartest person, the hottest person, the, you know, person who knows it all or who can speak the most eloquently. Like, that's not me. I can only be, I, I can only be myself. I feel like I talked about this on John's podcast. That didn't air yet, but I definitely said something like that. Shout out to John for revamping that <laughs> podcast. I definitely want to listen to that. I wonder if he listens to yours. I don't think he does. I don't uh, think he has any time. I doubt it. His time, his days are 20 hours long. I mean, I think that's important what you said, like not being a carbon copy. But I think it takes people a long time to get to that. Like there's so many, I mean, I talk about Instagram all the time. I just deleted the app from my phone, or I think I, I can't even delete it right now. It's so dumb. <laughs> like, it literally stayed. I deleted it off my home screen, and now it's in the background, but I can still go on it. I can't even delete the app. But, I mean, you scroll and scroll and scroll, and it's everybody's best day ever, their best outfit, their best hair, <laughs> their best lifts. Like, you're always looking at this. and Yeah, it's just that comparison that tunnel that you fall into and, and down and spiral out of control. And then you're in this world of depressed states and it's just, it's a mess. It's just a mess. What happened to the pictures where you didn't even get to see, I don't even know if you're too young for this, but like we used to have cameras where you take a picture and you don't know what the outcome is until you drop that thing off at CVS and wait an hour and walk around and get that thing developed. And then you're like, and oh, then you're like, oh shit! This and this would have been a great picture, but you know, Billy's teeth are hanging out of his lip, and then the, you know, my dad closes his eyes or whatever. Yeah, the good old days. I've, I've struggled with this before, and this is actually why I don't post my own weightlifting training much anymore, because I used to, th- and this is crazy to even say out loud, but I used to think before I was taking a big lift. Like, oh, if I make this, I'm going to post it on Instagram Mm. because it would look cool. You know, 300 Mm. pound clean and jerk. Like, can't wait to post about that. Even before I took the lift, it's ridiculous that like I care about these. And half the people who follow me now are these crypto kings messaging me (laughs) like, oh, invest a thousand dollars in this. Cash at me that. Right. It's crazy. But it's cool that you can admit that, though. Like a lot of people, a lot of people might think that way and would never say it out loud. Like, oh no, I don't think about posting that on Instagram when like sure shit they do. Yeah. I mean, I love seeing people's failures. Like not, I mean, I don't want to see people fail all the time, but I like the road. You like, I think the, like a better phrase maybe, and I don't mean to correct you, but like a more reality. Yes. You just like the reality of life and training and stuff yeah i mean you make mistakes you fuck things up yep you don't wear your best outfit you're not always on vacation you should have posted that you should have posted that video of you falling on your butt the one day that i was i looked over at you my eyes were as big as golf balls and i was like 
that was a first, wasn't it? And you said, yep. <laughs> You've never fallen on your ass before. Yeah. You should have posted that one. Like, yeah. there's a first time for everything. I mean, being humbled. I think, I mean, we talked about a jujitsu, like the ego, like, I mean, that's what you, we need more of, being humbled. No one wants to experience that, but it's a, like, life needs to knock you down. The people who are the most successful aren't the people who just had the smoothest road, had, I, oh yeah, for sure, had all the money, like, there, there's a ton of people who have gone through major adversity. I like that. I'd rather I'd rather see more of that. I don't know. How can uh, Elon buy Instagram and alter the <laughs> algorithm? That's probably next on his on his shopping list. <laughs> but okay, yeah, so we were talking about um you know habits uh no, not habits, hobbies. Yeah. And how not enough people pursue their hobbies for whatever reason. I think there's a multitude, but um well, we were kind of arguing about this a little bit, or not arguing, but disagreeing. Yeah. So I think we started talking about this in the car, and just one of our random conversations turned into a podcast topic. So I think that there should be more people out there who try to turn their hobbies into a career, but I think there's those people that don't are scared to because they feel like there's not going to be a steady enough income to make it a career and to make it something sustainable for themselves or their family or whatever. But I really admire those who take their passion and turn it into their their job, you know, whatever that may be. Like Frank's wife, she's always loved art. She's an art teacher. She's an artist. She sells her art. Like, she's incredible. And we have her one painting that they gave us hanging on the wall over there. Um, and then there's, you know, people who, uh, like me, I fell in love with nutrition and being able to alter your body and your physique and the way that you look and feel through food. It's so cool. So I went and I turned it into, or I'm trying to turn it into, a career but like there's so many people out there that are scared to do that because I think they're they're worried that they're not going to make enough money and that's what it comes down to and it all boils down to I need to make enough money because the price of rent is going up the price of cars are going up the price of living is going up and it's just sad to me I mean I can't say I disagree with any of that I think though if you have the expectation of turning your hobby into income right away, at least, I think it's very hard to it's very hard to cross that line from nobody's paying me to do this to getting one person to do it. For sure. And I mean, you did that pretty quickly. And I feel like you've done that a few times in your life. Like where you mean? you've always been a person who's kind of you've gone off on your own didn't you do the interior design I mean you tried it at least um I wanted to I love I love interior stuff and I love like I wanted to maybe dabble in real estate and I maybe wanted to dabble in like little other things but um no did I do interior design I don't maybe think it I... was clothing wardrobe 
Wardrobe for sure. Wardrobe was because I went to school for fashion and I wanted to be a stylist and I had one client. One client. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but was it really hard to get that one client? Um, it, it would have been if I was not into, I took a class for female entrepreneurship. So I took that class and one of the other classmates was my client. She asked me okay. to help her. So, but I, I do think, I hear what you're saying and I do agree. And I think finding, it's always finding the first client. I have a friend, right? Who just started out in the coaching world and she wants to coach a friend of hers for free as like a trial. And I said, nope, I, don't do it. Don't do it for free. And I think there's so many people out there that feel like they need practice clients and they want to just give away their services and give away the information. But when people don't pay you for something, they, one, don't take it as seriously. And two, you're also not necessarily taking it as seriously because you're not getting paid for it. You're not going to give it your absolute all on either side of that, you know, I think if you're providing a service, you should get paid for it. Um, and then it's to say like, okay, is one trial client going to, is that going to be enough for you? Is that like, is that going to get you enough experience to be comfortable charging for services thereafter? I don't think, I don't think so. I think mm -hmm. it's always a learning process. Um, I mean... For me, I have a really hard time promoting myself. Yes, you do. And I think it's <laughs> – but I do think it's because of working in corporate America. I've seen those people who promote the shit out of themselves and who have no shame just networking. And they see somebody and they see, let me squeeze every last drop I can out of this person. What can I get from them? Mm -hmm. And then they move on to the next. And to the benefit next. themselves. Yes, right? only to benefit themselves. Right. I'm going to go out to lunch with this person because they know that person and they can get me in this department. And I've seen people do that and I've said, I'm never going to be that person. I know, but I think that there's a difference in, so you have two ways for promotion, right? You have, and this is not a commercial, it's going to sound like a freaking commercial, but you have two ways to promote yourself. You have the Richmond Weightlifting Wrist Wraps, which truly are the best wrist wraps that we've ever tried. And we've tried several right I have the velcro ones the tough wraps that I like I like them I don't love them um they are really good because they're velcro without the thumb loop but the Richmond weightlifting ones they're just the most stable and secure and we've benefited from them because we have wrist pain so you're promoting yourself because you have a code and you get a kickback but you're also helping other people that have wrist pain so I think it's it's a two-way street right there. Your other promotion, the Better Than Yesterday Bands, those are straight up promoting you and helping you. And I don't think there's any shame in saying, hey, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for, you know, how long have you been doing this? Two years? Two and a half two years. Two and a half years. If you've been listening to the podcast for two and a half years, show me some love. Show me some support. I love to keep doing this. I want to keep doing this for everyone out there and, and get – greater guests on and more guests and different guests than we've had here's you know ten dollars gets you a better than yesterday band 
on the flip side of it, it's got a cool design, and then, you know, it's got the thing. But anyway, it's $10. It's $10 that people get to show support. And I think people do like to show small businesses or, you know, the everyday person. Like, throw them $10 rather than throwing it to Target, even though Target's great. (laughs) Target's not going to sell you better than yesterday bands. So all I needed to do was to promote myself was to bring you on to promote me. Thank you. <laughs> okay, end commercial. And we are brought to you by <laughs> No, but yeah, I do think it. BTY10. I, I mean, it is hard to find that balance where, you know, when am I good enough to promote myself? You're always good enough. That's the thing. Everyone is always good enough. We're always trying to get to the next level, get the promotion, make more money, do better. But it's not, you don't have to do all of those things. Why can't we just be happy with where we're at now? I'm definitely going to timestamp that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was that profound, but like, I don't know. It's just, we're always chasing, and this is part of the other thing that we were talking about, right? We're always chasing the next thing because everybody wants like a bigger house or they want to become a homeowner instead of rent or they want to get a nicer car or they want a higher paying job. I see it all the time. And I feel like I'm getting, unfortunately, I feel like I'm getting to that age where I can say, oh, well, when I was (laughs) so-and-so, like when I was such and such age and I was, when I was a homeowner, um, you know, I felt this way, but like truly looking back on home ownership, it was hard. It was a lot of work. I had to outsource a lot and I'm so happy to be renting right now with you. Um, but when I was in the corporate job and I was making a really good amount of money, it was just like, it didn't, the money didn't bring me happiness. It just brought me more stuff. And like, I just didn't have to think about if I wanted to buy something, I bought it. And like, yeah, a lot of people listening might say, oh, that's the dream. Like, I want to live like that. But it just, I'm so much happier now. I'm happier doing what I, I truly feel called to do and helping people and coaching CrossFit and doing weightlifting, you know, coaching weightlifting. Like, Doing all of these things that make me feel fulfilled bring me more happiness than money can. But do you think that's because you already had the experience with having money? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. Um, But people have to experience it for themselves. They have to go through it. I think it's about not needing anything, though. Like... If you, I mean, if you always have that chip on your shoulder, like, I need to do this to succeed. And I don't know, I could be wrong about this, but like, needing it is, I don't think you want to have to need it. You want to do it because you really want to do it. And like, you have savings to fall back on. You have prior work experience where you can always get a job. Like, you're never going to be homeless. You're never going to have to worry about I mean, you do get stressed about money, but, like, you truly don't have to. Right. So I could always go out and get a a different job 
that won't really make me happy, but I could always get a job that pays. I think for me, like I'm almost, I, it's so hard to, to say like, because I feel like when I did have the time to spend, spend it all on the podcast and I didn't have to work, I didn't use it as well as I could have. So it does suck to kind of look back on it and be like, wow, I kind of wasted that time. Well, were you more preoccupied with just like enjoying the time off and trying to just do whatever made you happy that day? Mm, probably. I, I just didn't have structure. I didn't have disciplined habits. Like You? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I say it all the time. Like, I do, I do really well in the morning and I do really well at night. And in between, especially at work, like, and this was going to lead into another topic that we're going to talk about. I think working 40 hours, you're not productive for 40 hours. Oh, yeah. And, but if you, I mean, if you're there and like you're working, it's really hard to spend time on other stuff. So like for me, I'm not a person who's good at multitasking and I really don't think anybody's good at multitasking, but like for... I can't be like, okay, I'm going to spend the next half hour on the podcast and not be on the chat or not be, you know, at least looking at stuff and staying available. So I don't know where I was really going with that. But I think when you when you're doing something, not because you need the money, it's a lot easier to do it than, you know, starting something new that's very difficult that you're trying to do on your own, needing it it's really hard to get to that next level. You're right. I agree 100%. But I'm sad to agree because I don't think that's our fault. I do think that it's the culture that we're living in right now and how keeping up with the Joneses has amplified over the last 50 years. It's just gotten worse and worse. And I have friends in England, right? Lauren and Adam and and everybody. So... England, when I was over there a couple times, but when every time I go over, it's like I am in awe at their culture because their houses are not big by any means. They have everything that they need and they spend the the majority of their time like going out and about and they just, they walk around town. They, everything is local. There's no like Starbucks on every corner it's local mom and pop coffee shops or um, little shops you know there's very few chains um, from what I've seen anyway could be totally wrong there but it's also like they they spend all of their time with each other they go and meet for beers at the pub they go and meet out for lunch you know in the middle of the day and it's like they spend all of this time with people and, w- and doing experience things rather than just buying a huge-ass house that you then have to pay a nanny and a cleaner and a lawn lawn, lawn caretaker. Service, yeah. Lawn service. <laughs> lawn caretaker. <laughs> um, yeah, so they just – they don't live that way. And I don't understand why – America has been created the way that it is. It's just like, man, it's it's a great country, but it's a little disappointing. I mean, you said people will sit at a coffee shop for two hours. 
like that's normal or go out to dinner and you're there for three four hours yeah it's just you spend time with each other you catch up and that's what it's about it's about the relationships that you have and the experiences that you're sharing it's not about oh look at this new car i just bought and look at this you know i just bought a new vacation home and like i don't know i'm sure there are people in england now i wasn't also they also don't live in london they're not living in the city they're like you know suburb little small beautiful town it's perfect I've never, I mean, and I've ha- kind of had it growing up too. Like I, I never really had to want anything. Like I, we had a really big house. I didn't have to worry about anything. So I've never been somebody who's possession oriented. And I mean, right now I am making good money and I do buy dumb stuff. Like I bought a half gallon Yeti for a hundred dollars. I'm not even sure if I told you it was a hundred dollars, but <laughs> I mean, if I had a job that paid a lot less, like, you don't make that bad decision. Are you mad at me now that I told you that it was $100? Okay, first of all, this half-gallon jug, it looks like it's a camping... Talia said it looks like a camping lantern. What did I say it looked like? It looks like a canteen. Mm. I said a camping canteen. Yeah. I think it looks like staying hydrated throughout the day. (laughs) It's so heavy. I can't believe you got that for $100. It's fine, though. You make the money. <laughs> I think, you know, this This comes back to Kim and Mike and how they're raising their kids. And, like, they packed up, sold all of their belongings. They just they sold and gave away all their shit. Even a dog. <laughs> But like they got rid of all this stuff and they're like, we're taking, we're taking this, we're taking what we need, we're taking our family and we're going and we're just driving and they are just traveling the country. I mean, they've only made it as far as Arizona, (laughs) but rightfully so. It's beautiful and they love it out there. So, but I just, I admire how they're parenting and I admire what even, what they're doing for themselves too. Like. Mike got to quit his job. He gets to teach the kids. He gets to spend time with them. Kim works and, you know, she still loves what she does. And that's amazing. So, like, and now they're off to somewhere new. And and we are absolutely visiting them because why not? We have to. We have to travel more. It's a shame, though, that that's, like, they're the outsiders. They're the people who are like, oh, I would never – People look at them and think they're crazy. Oh, yeah. Why would you move your oh, kids? Oh, the majority crowd? of people look at them like they're crazy. Yeah. But, but I, they're living the freaking dream. I think people are looking at them like they're crazy because they're jealous. Yeah. I think it 100% comes down they're to that. They're so happy now. But we don't prioritize happiness, we mm. prioritize getting by, we prioritize safety. We prioritize, you know, having enough in the bank account, retirement, your 401k, all that stuff. That's the priority. And I think I've said this to you before. I think it's because our parents, look who they got taught by. They were living through the Great Depression. They didn't have anything. Once you got an ounce of safety, you need to get as much of that as you can. Once you get a little bit of money, once you get, you know, you have enough food, like you need to hold on to that. You need to not give anything away. You need to make sure that 
you compile everything that you need and you know you don't let your arms around it like you just you hold on to it all the time and then now i mean look at the people there's people on youtube who are making millions of dollars a year making videos about eating the biggest pizza they've ever seen and there's people i mean i admire so much the people who going back to truly are 100% themselves there's a couple of people who i watch who i mean they've mastered the art of being themselves and they don't give a fuck like <laughs> i love those kind of people i really do yeah and i've always been drawn to that but like to actually live that out to not say what will my parents think about this what will this person think about this? What will my boss think if I quit my job to tell him I'm going to do a podcast? Mm-hmm. It's it's sad, but it's, I mean, that's like the driving force of everything. What's everybody else going to think about this? So how do we get back to living the way that we should be living? I mean, I think it's... How does a, our culture get back to that? I mean delete instagram (laughs) travel be present with people like put your phone down there needs to be remember i said i want to create an app if anybody out there knows how to create an app holler at me um i want to create an app that mark zuckerberg will not support at all but like i want the app to control your time uh or the app's time on your phone so for instance, if you want to set a, because you can set a timer, you set a timed limit for the use of Instagram, right? But, and a friend of mine does that too. But all, all it does once you've reached that time is it says, oh, you've exceeded the time. Do you want to continue? And you just say, yes, you ignore the timer. But if I want to create an app that, watch somebody do this, because I'm saying it out loud. But I, I hope somebody does. It'll be cool. The app should control how long the Instagram icon and the Facebook icon and the Twitter icon stay on your phone for the day. If you want to have a two-hour limit, which sounds like a long time, but it's it's not. It goes so fast. If you check it a couple times a day, it adds up. But if you set a two-hour limit, it's like, all right, Instagram's going to be on my phone for two hours. Once I hit that two-hour mark, the app disappears. You can't get it back. So if you work on Instagram, if you like – for me, I post on Instagram about nutrition sometimes, and like that's how I get some clients. That's it. I get two hours. I better use it wisely. I mean, do you think it's because we have, like, we almost. We, we have no self control. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, but like, I mean, there's always. This is like a cliche, but there's always tomorrow. Like, I'll. We always put it off. Like, We'll, we'll take care of what we need to take care of first and then we'll get back to the hobbies. We'll get back to living how we want to live. It's Procrastination like, nation. Yeah. I mean, I've been aboard that train since, you know, <laughs> fifth grade. <laughs> Dude, me too. But yeah, I think, I mean, people say like live life to the fullest. Live it like it's your they last They have the day. damn signs on their freaking walls and they're literally – killing themselves for a nine-to-five job who would replace them tomorrow in a heartbeat who never travel never take their pto but live life to the fullest yeah cheers (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you so embarrassed that I said that? No. <laughs> you're looking at me like, oh, God. Well, I think you're describing about, you know, 95% of the people who I've ever worked with. <laughs> it's like, I mean, but what do we do? Like, That's my question. How do we get back to living and actually living? Not living to work, not living to make money, but living to live and experience. Psychedelics. Mm, that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that when we're ready. But you know, I mean, it's it. All the things are so easy. I say it all the time. Like doing the little things are so easy. Like if you, you know, go for a walk with your partner and neither of you bring your phones. Like plan a date night and say hey, for three hours, like, we're going to be together and that that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to worry about our phones. We're not going to go on Instagram. What a, Like, I mean, I think exercise has to be a part of your routine, taking care of yourself. It's, I mean, I wish there was, like, a formula on how to maximize life, but I, I think we kind of all know the formula. It's like we just ignore it because – it's too hard to actually implement or we're just too scared yeah it's like managing those expectations i think i think a lot of people are more scared about not not like doing what they're passionate about but like what if it works like what if you quit your job and you actually are successful doing a podcast or you're actually successful nutrition coaching Like, I think people are more scared about that than actually taking the first leap. Could be. I don't know. I think this was good, though. Yeah. Let let us know if you have any tips on, you know, how to maximize life. Yeah. I think we're both, that's something that we're always trying to do. We're always trying to experience. I do love doing the podcast because it's like, hey, we sat here for, 50 minutes and didn't look at our phones like we're kind of you know spitballing ideas off each other we're wrong sometimes we're right sometimes and Mm -hmm. reflecting it's important yeah i agree i think this was cool hopefully people like it and they're not sick of me on here (laughs) well we know frank hopefully frank and mike d hopefully you guys are listening shout out to you (laughs) being the loyal fans that you are yes but we yeah. always just talk about Frank and Mike D though, but there's like so many more listeners that you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I love doing this. I seriously do. And every time I get a message that people listen or share it out, um, when people do share it on their story, like I get to see that on Instagram, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. How many people shared this, shared the actual post out it seriously makes my entire day when I see that I I mean it doesn't even have to be like if one person shares it that's awesome yeah so cool. if you got something out of this please share it please let somebody know that you listen to the podcast and uh we'll talk to you guys next week Bye. well I'll talk to you next week <laughs> bye <laughs>